welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Next in our Team Archetype series, we're discussing the team's heart and soul members. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So in case you're coming in for the first time, this is part of our Team Archetype series where we focus on the different roles most commonly seen in team members in media. We've covered many already, so be sure to go back and check out Team Leaders, Geniuses, Tanks, Renegades, and Comic Relief in our past episodes. So, but today we're focusing on heart and soul, uh, admittedly a tougher role to describe. Uh, we might even disagree on a few. So let's get into it. Uh, but I want to start off with how we define the heart and soul role. So, um, Tommy, I'll go to you first. And uh, if you want to, like, like, how do you see it? What do you think of for the heart and heart soul role? Well, the way I see the heart and soul role, it's basically the the one with the strongest personality that likes to be the caretaker. This is the person that I think, you know, keeps the peace or he's their conscience, so to speak, or she's their conscience. This is the person that if there's team fighting, they will stop the team fighting, put them on track or keep the moral compass on point. That's the person that I'm thinking of. Like, it depends on how you like the team. You may love or hate that person because that person, like, slaps the people that says, I do what I had to do. You know, that that's the person that mm. says, we got to do this and don't leave. We still have a job to do. Or, you know, uh, you know, we, we got to stay together to focus. That's that's to me what I, the heart and soul of the uh, team is. The person that pulls the heartstrings, makes them feel, makes them remember why they're doing what they're doing you know right that's why i see it as okay does anybody want to uh co-sign build on or uh <laughs> totally or <disagree>. contradict <laughs> yeah or disagree with tommy no i was thinking about the episode I, I for me i thought of like a lot of times when i was thinking the heart of the soul of the team i was also thinking of the person who it's kind of like the the person that has the most um, to gain from being a part of a group, kind of like as, like a, in the instance of like finding a family or finding their people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I figured that that person, you know, um, and a lot of times it's a character that doesn't have like in comics, it doesn't necessarily have a book of their own. That was the other thing I kept I kind of bumping into was like they didn't have a solo book, or maybe they had like a mini series here and there, but they weren't the person that had an ongoing all the time. So right. the only time you really saw them inter- interacting with other characters were, were characters from the team, unless they did like a day in a life or, you know, something behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But that was something I thought about with, with the, the heart and soul. That's an interesting observation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. The, I, depends who's embodies it, but I, I tend to agree slash disagree with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious how many of these characters are going to end up not being like marquee names because mm-hmm. of that. Because as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, I guess like that's true. I couldn't kind of see that they their their moments in the spotlight tend to be uh, fleeting. Mm. Okay, it, interesting that maybe, you say this. Maybe not. Okay, I'm here to prove you wrong. Here to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. What about you, Clifton? I mean, the thoughts I've had on it is compared to the other archetypes we've done, the other character types we've done. This is more of a passive role, mm-hmm. I think, at least mm-hmm. is what defines this. It seems to just be about character more than actions per se though like tommy said before there are actions that matter like they are the ones who will you know try to keep the team together when a team is 
is splitting apart, uh, mm. you know, through mm. stress or, or, or whatever. So there are actions that matter, but a lot of it to me is, is just kind of passive qualities. Like they tend to be characters that, you know, your sympathy just kind of gravitates to for various reasons. They're just a little more sympathetic for some reasons. I mean, it could be like Frank mentioned, like they find their strength in the team more than outside of the team. So they need the uh-huh. family, something like that. I mean, can be an example of that. And the other thing I was thinking of is, is they're kind of, it's just like an innate thing where if a team lost this, these characters, these heart and soul characters, like Thanks, that brother. would be the most demoralizing to the team. Yes. yes. Even though uh-huh. they're not necessarily the strongest person on the team. They're not uh-huh. the tank. They're not the leader. Right. Just somehow like, like them being lost would really be what damage the team like yes. really like really demoralizes them yes and so that was just another kind of passive thing about the character that i was thinking of yeah okay 100 percent agree all excellent points i think we're all kind of on the same page you guys have thought about it uh and articulated it better than me i couldn't put mine into a sentence i just had sort of like phrases but i think you guys all hit like exactly what I was thinking. Like for me, I had like notes I wrote down were like the character, the characters always feel like steady to me. I was like, like these characters tend to be the rocks. They seem to be kind of like emotionally the most centered out of the group. Right. Not a hundred percent of the time, but like at least in the ones that initially jumped in the mind for me, those Mm -hmm. were. And then I also wrote like, they, they feel like the, the magnetic North for the, for the team to me, you know? Um, in whatever instance that can take that, where that could be, they, you know, sometimes if they take on a mentor role or something, or, or they're the ones that kind of help the other characters with their emotional distress, um, that sort of stuff. So right. it's good. Cause I think we all see the characters kind of the same way, but so I'm curious what everybody has on their list, but I did want to start off with one. Um, I want to jump on with, uh, the Martian Manhunter from justice league because, <laughs> right. Um, just because, I mean, for, for years and years and years and years and years, like this was, this was the one Frank that you and I always talked about. Like he's, he's the heart and soul of the justice league. Like it's him. It's him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I know for as long as we've been doing this podcast, we have never really done a deep dive of Martian Manhunter yet. Mm-hmm. And I know he's one of your favorites. So, uh, yeah. Hot potato go. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it's, it's always one of those things where. I've always, you know, I'm always wary of a Justice League team that doesn't have him on it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that was the one that I thought, you know, when I think about like Justice League teams, like even like the animated stuff, I, I, I was glad that they included him because a lot of times, um, like with your super friends and stuff like that, they didn't have him as part of the team. Right. Yeah. But I, I just think the character, you know, he's it, part of it is even more so than like, say, Superman. I think that the Martian Manhunter, the loss of family. You know, obviously, you know, Superman Kal-El loses the entirety of Krypton, but he's a baby, so he doesn't really have the same attachment to Krypton that, that say, the Martian Manhunter does to Mars and losing all of his family. Um, I think it's very much of a, of, a, of an idea that he makes a secondary family with the Justice League and the fact that um, he does play that role of being alien and being the outsider while at the same time transition to being like when it's like, say, the, the Detroit League, when it's like Gypsy and vibe and vixen and steel he's the mentor and then you get to like the giffen de Matisse stuff and he's the he's the straight man a lot of the time you know mm. he's the guy that they play off of you know he's kind of sometimes he's the adult in the room 
when everyone else is not, you know, when everyone is obviously not in that book. Um, and then later on, like in saying Morrison's run, he's the, he's the, the through line, like he's the communications, like he's the guy that's in everyone's head, you know, keeping them on, on task or keeping them together or making sure that everyone knows what's, what's going on or what the, what the plan is, what the score is. He's the one that links everybody. And I think that 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 that's important because I don't think like there's not really a kind of like oh the smart you know this this alien's going to be in my brain, <laughs> seeing all my, you know <laughs> seeing all my like you don't really get a lot of pushback from him because of the character that he is right you know yeah and it's one of those things where he also has the thing of of you know of being very human while at the same time being an alien you know there's not a lot of like. There's not a lot of moments with Jean where you have to like, like he has to learn what it's like to be a human, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you he's know. kind of he's kind of my thought process of like he's the most centered, right? Mm-hmm. Like as you were saying, like he he's the one that he's in everybody's head. But not only that, like he's also, I think the one that I feel the most comfortable being in my head. Right. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I trust I, him. Right. Yeah, there's a you know again, it's one of the things where like in say something like um uh like New Frontier, right? Like you see a little bit of of Jean having to learn like it's part of one of the things I love the most about that book is is the portrayal of him and the fact that he has to learn he learns a lot of like about about human culture from television, right? I mean that's one of those things where he's doing the shape shifting in, in that one scene or a couple scenes, I think. Right. But but the right. idea that he's just you know, he's, he's naturally empathic. And I, and again, I think there's even, um, I think of going back to Morrison's run, there's a bit in it where it's a kind of a throwaway line of, of, you know, the green Martians are the philosophers and the artists, whereas the white Martians were the, like the warriors of the, of the cast. Like if you had a cast system for Mars and it's always oh. interesting to me that, that, you know, John becomes a superhero, you know, um, because that's apparently not what, what green Martians do. Hmm. You know, at the same time, there is a, a certain um, empathic quality. The fact that he is so, you know, centered and he is in so many people's heads that I think, you know, it, there's a quiet kind of um, reserve of strength that he has as a character. Mm. You know, and I and I think it's just one of those things where he he just he you know, like I said, he just is the link between a lot a lot of the Justice League, and then like I said, there was a bigger emphasis when it finally was. I mean, they don't really use communications. It's not even like they have a, you know, like a, like a JLA communicator, really. They sort of like are all in the same mind link mm. with John. So, you know, that's, that's, that's not one that the cartoon though. In the cartoon, they did have communicators. They did. They did. But it's, yeah. but I think they, I think they go around that when we go to unlimited where he's like the main guy at the watchtower for assignments and, um, you know, and, and being part of like the main link to all those heroes. I think he is like kind of like for a right. long time. I mean, they just they later when he takes leave of absence is Mr. Terrific, but I do yeah, think for for a long for a long time it is him at the center of all that stuff. And I do also think that um there is a certain amount of like this is what we do, this is what we don't do as a group, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's pretty he's pretty morally unwavering wavering on stuff. Occasionally he has moments where, you know, he, he gets where he'll he'll you know f- you know maybe stumble, but he never. I don't think I don't. We ever see him morally fall. For for when they make him that character, I agree with it. But for a lot of times, to me, it's inconsistent. Um, he has a strong moral compass. I give you that, but I don't feel. I used to I used to believe that in the beginning, but the more I see him depicted, the less I see them use that through line. 
to make him make to make me feel like that's what his goal is, you know. Um, the, the incarnations of the league without him that makes me feel that way. Mm-hmm. Even in um, Justice League Unlimited, when they took him off the roster, right? Or at least he took a leave of absence. It's not like the team fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. in some cases. So I mean, I I get the the vibe from the character, but it does it they're just inconsistent with him concerning that fact that that I tend to push him aside because. I would love for him to be that way consistently, but it's the more the more he's it's like it's always take him or leave him situation with uh with the Martian. Um, he has the mm-hmm. capacity to be it, but they don't see the potential for him to stay that way. You know, that's 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 the vibe I get. Well, that's a whole other. Ep- I mean, his his poten- his potentiality is like a whole other. <laughs> it's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. But that's but that's my issue with the choice. Right. I, I I would love it if it was consistent, but it depends if you want to work with them or not. You know, it, it's to me, he should be a mainstay, but he's not. He's consistently not. And that just makes it frustrating for when he is or he isn't the heart of the team. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I believe, at least. No, I can see that. I can see that. I'm just saying for me, I, for me, it was it was that choice of, yep, that's him. OK. It is uh, like I agree with you, Frank. It's hard for me to f- figure out like who then is the heart and soul if he's not on the team, mm-hmm. right? Oh, to me, because it's yeah. so easy for him. But I'm curious, like, you know, not not that any of us have the answer, but I'm wondering like why of late he's been absent from so many versions of the team, and I don't know if it's that like he's too powerful, mm. or if he's just like a character that I think that that a lot of people don't have a take on. I think or, that's it. Or, I think he's elusive to a is. lot of people. I think he's just yeah. elusive okay. as a character to a lot of people. I think it's you know we were we were <laughs> we were talking pregame about different stuff or pre pre episode about different stuff and and it came up the idea that um you know with with Sandman on Netflix and this is a total t- tangent the idea that a throwaway line by Gaiman early on in Sandman when 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 Morpheus visits the JLA headquarters looking for something. He they they mention the god Haranmir, right? And that's where that comes from. That's as far as I know, the first time it's ever mentioned is in this is the Sandman issue. And that DC writers ate off that for years. That was the only thing they mentioned when it came to culture for John. And I was like, you could always have expounded upon that. You know, who knows what the pantheon of gods are like? I think there's been one writer that did it during um the Dark Side War stuff that was the end of of New 52 Jeff John stuff for the Justice League. Where they, they, one of the gods, mm. there's a there's a shuffling of of Shazam, Captain Marvel's powers, and he actually has the powers of a Martian god at one point. Mm. So it's a different pantheon of gods uh, okay. that, that he has yeah. to, that he has to choose from, and I think that's the only other place that I've seen it where they didn't say where they were like, it wasn't like the shortcut of like Haranmir. So I just don't think people have <laughs> I, I don't think people have a good take on the Martian Manhunter or, or are willing to put in the effort of like I mean don't get me wrong, Ostrander's run with Tom uh, Tom Mandrake was really good. And it expands upon mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, but it's it's not so much a deep dive on like what's like I said, like something like a pan, like a pantheon of gods or, you know what you know what their post office system is. You know I don't even know if they have one on Mars, but they may not even have to because you can right. send stuff tele- telepathically. But it's still one of those things where, you know, if you put some thought and imagination to it, there's a lot to play with with the Martian Manor. I think he's still kind of an open open book, kind of like he's like the, 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 a, cl- a clean slate that you could definitely do stuff with. Right. Yeah. And I think some of the problem arises actually from Super Friends, honestly. I think you got to a certain age of creators in the business who did not see him on Super Friends. 
He wasn't on right. Challenge of the Super Friends. He wasn't on the others. So so he wasn't one of their characters. No. They were like, well, like, I got no, you know, nostalgic connection to this character. So I'm going to use the characters I do have nostalgic connection to. Right. I think happened for a time. I think that's kind of where he disappeared mm-hmm. for a bit, especially in comics, because around the same time, uh, you did get, you know, Bruce Tim and Burnett and uh and and McDuffie who did utilize him in the animated stuff at a time when he was being underutilized in comics, I think. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I remember uh, during Kingdom Come, Alex Ross had to be convinced <laughs> right, to have him as part of the book. Mark Wade had to tell him, no, he's important. He should play a role. And he does. His, <laughs> right. role is, his role is very small in Kingdom Come, but it is there. So, you know, that was because Alex Ross was like, well, he wasn't, you know, I didn't have the attachment to him from Super Friends. And for a while in the books, he's, he's, he's a, he leaves the Justice League and then he, you know, bounces around in like World's Finest and some other places. I think um, Adventure Comics, when they were doing kind of like the anthology book, like they had like four or five features in that one. I think he may mm. have had some experiences there and here and there in the Justice League. And before, I want to say before Giffen de Matisse, he wasn't in a regular Justice League book. Well, no, he was in, in when, um, D. Matisse was writing um, when he came back to, when he was writing Justice League before the right, different right. D. Matisse stuff. He was part of that team because he, like I said, he was in the mentor role with um, with Gypsy and all the rest of those characters. So he's a good character. I like him. Yeah, me too. He's one of my favorites, but he is one like you were saying, like he doesn't pop up too often in a lot of stuff. And and yeah, and I was I was one of those too. Like I was angry when New Fifty Two Justice League was revealed and he wasn't in it, and it was Cyborg, right. and I was like, all right. That's interesting, but I'm like, mm-hmm. like, like you and I talked about it. Like we were like, who's your heart? Who's your heart and soul member? Right. At this point, like mm-hmm. on that team, you know? Yep. And I don't know what that is. I mean, I do think that there was a little bit that, you know, I mean, he is very powerful. He's, oh, yeah. He's basically got all the powers of Superman and he's a telepath and he can like, like face through walls. Right, and read your mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Shape it, change. Yeah, it's a stack deck for sure. You know, but, but you know, we'll pull. But also, the, the answer to that is always we'll pull out a book of matches, and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, right, right. he's got a very you common know. weakness. So. I've got a bic, you know, so therefore I got a bic lighter, so therefore it's over. But you know, yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> All right, so who else you guys got on your team? Not into or other ones that you thought of. Oh, for me, it was uh, I, <laughs> I, I was thinking the replacement um, before I'd say what's on my team was Wally West. He was the replacement on Justice League for um, the Marshall Manhunter in a way, as far as um, like at first I thought he'd be more of a comic relief. Mm-hmm. But um, the more you see the character, especially with the Justice Lords. Mm, yeah. In which, he, when he's taken off the deck, everyone goes evil. Yeah, true. They sort of shoot him into it. Not to say that, I mean, anytime you don't see um the Manhunter, it's the Flash that takes over the role as to what they do and how and, and the rallying cry to bring them together. Um, that's why I say that as um, it's not to say that they, even that's consistent, but in la- in in most cases, it's Wally that's the one that's the um the lightheartedness or. Well, we got to still get it done. That type of mm-hmm. uh, uh, camaraderie or rallying cry for them to do what they need to do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Later on, it becomes Green Arrow, but in in that in that cat in that show, I see it as um either Wally or um, Green Arrow, but specifically Wally, just to just to fill the void of what 
that Manhunter would do in order to um, bring them together. I can see that. I mean, I really thought about the, that that aspect of it with the whole with the Justice Lords and the fact that he's mm-hmm. the catalyst for why they, you know, finally decide to be a little more rough and tumble. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. I mean, just to me, just more so, it's the um, the incarnation of the anim of the animated series as opposed to the comic. The comic, yeah, still still is John Jones, but uh, for for more or less, I'd say uh, Wally plays that role strongly. A lot of people argue that's why um, certain aspects of DC Universe fails when you take him out because he does it across the board on different in different books. Like he does it for the Titans in a bit, a little more mm-hmm. so than Nightwing if you think about it in a way. Yeah, try to think. And in certain cases with the Justice League, he's that he's that point when when he gets taken out, everybody's like, oh oh, you know, it's, it's not looking good. Would you say the same? Consistent. I did have a moment. I had a moment when I was thinking of Young Justice and I was thinking like I'm having a hard time not saying it's Wally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Like my thought was like it's McGann, but McGann I don't think is is like is is sort of that like magnetic north for them. No. But I will say this you know? in Young Justice, I don't think it's Wally in Young Justice. To be mm-hmm. honest, in Young Justice I think it's Superboy. I can see that. Because in the first episode, he's the one that says we have a team now. Either get on or get out of the way. Yeah. He's the rallying symbol for them to be together. And you get that sense almost with um, the last season and what they deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the group is seen splintered. Not Not to say as like it was official, we can't be together. But it's almost a sense of they're not a group anymore. They have their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you take them off the table, I would say it's Superboy. Which, yeah, and I was gonna say at one point, like maybe Aqualad, but there's that point in season two where Aqu- where it, where Aqualad is gone. Yeah, and straight villainous. Yeah, the team holds yes. together. Like you know what I yes. mean. Yes. Um Yeah. But yeah, with Superboy, it's got the it's got that that family energy yeah. where yes. without them, he's an experiment in a test tube. Yes. And, and right. that's what always weighs on him. I think, uh, mm-hmm. as we find out in, in later seasons, it's still mm-hmm. something that's in his head is, is what is he? And, and with them, he's family, he's friends, but without them, what does he have? Yes. Right. Yeah. Love Wally to death. All but, good thoughts. Yeah. All right. Any, uh, well, let's move on. Uh, I'm thinking, so uh, let's get to some of the other ones. So who who else do you guys have? I was thinking about the Avengers. Sure. Specifically? Um, yeah, specifically the Avengers. Like the comics. <laughs> comics I mean, Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was thinking, at first I thought um, Vision. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Me too. You know, because one of the things where, like, like for a long time in the in the seventies and the early eighties, like the you know we've talked about the 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 floating heads, you know, in the in the box credit, you know, on, on comic books. But for a while, it was just like there was just a single, you know, a single image or a single you know figure of the Vision. Like that was the the the, the character that they put out there, you know. Even though the book, the comic was focused on the team, and he was the one that you know, I think that lends itself more to the idea of, you know, the Vision sort of like being. 
in a weird spot of, of, you know, again, questioning like much like Superboy, like, what am I, mm-hmm. you know, am I mm-hmm. merely a tool, you know, am I a tool of my creator, you know, Hank Pym, or in this case also Ultron, um, you know, by, by way of, you know, Hank Pym, but am I, you know, am I, am I, or am I, you know, am I, am I my own person, even though I have the recorded, you know, the personality and thoughts of Simon Williams, Wonder Man, am I part him, you know, and then you also get a lot of that, like, what is it to be human stuff that they like to do with, you know, your androids and your robots, even though right. you know, obviously those are not the same things. But the vision was often questioning, you know, his humanity and what is humanity, you know, in, a lot of times in that book. And I think it's one of the things where, again, he doesn't really have a place to belong outside of the books. And he also finds Wanda there. That's the other thing that I think is important about that character, uh-huh. you know. He finds a sense of belonging by being part of the team, and for the longest time, there was no, you know, there was no solo Vision miniseries. There was no, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision miniseries. It was just Avengers. So, you know, but he was kind yeah. of the character that they, that they, you know, again, it's you know, in a, in a in a place where you could basically show a corner box with their floating heads or the Vision. The Vision was the only thing that was out there. So, no, I had him on my list too because I, well, I mean, he he and and. Uh, Jean, Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. are, are like very similar, I think. Right, um, very much so. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, and and yeah, and and I don't know if it holds true for every instance that we'll talk about, but especially, but for those two, I think it's true. Where where they 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 seem to be the um the entry point to kind of talk about like the state of humanity, mm-hmm. right? Like like uh those kind of themes and those kind of ideas were, they were kind of always the conduit for, for that exploration. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, and it was for a minute, something I thought was, was sort of keen and, and important to the role. But like I said, I don't know that it's there in every version. So that's, I'm, I'm curious to see how much, how many more times that's going to come up as we talk mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Cause again, like I said, I thought about him and I thought about, you know, this, that for humanity part, and a lot of time again, um, in the movies, like when he first appears in Age of Ultron, it is kind of a moment of, you know, he's this 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 patchwork man. He's this you know he's this Frankenstein's monster. He's the the um, you know I always I always thought it was really cool the way they did it. You know, with his transparency, the fact that he looks like, um, the was it the the can't remember what it's called, but like if you've ever seen early anatomy books where they have the cellophane, and you can turn the pages and you can see the different circulatory <laughs> right, system. And yeah, you can yeah. see he looks just like that, and I think that's a really cool idea that he looks more like that than he does in the comic books. Um, I didn't get it at first, but I, you know, the more and more that I realized that a lot of the, you know, Avengers and it, as well as like you know, there's a whole lot from Ultron to the the the, the Maximoff twins to him. It's a lot of you know patchwork people or Frankenstein's monster uh-huh. put together for that movie, as well as the Avengers themselves. And then yeah. my whole thing of the fact that it, that it gets back to the idea of that Age of Ultron is all about having children and how badly you can mess them up, you know. Yeah. But he has that moment when he's first introduced after he gets the, the infusion of Thor's lightning, where he basically gets them back on track. Like he says, "This is what you know." He's very forthright about this is what we have to do, and I think that's a role that he plays throughout his time i would argue like Mm. i think he's one of those characters that says you know i think i think in in like civil war he he believes in what he's doing by keeping wanda sort of you know secluded or or or, or, um you know locked up in the house so i think he thinks he's on the right side with sokovia accords and i think when it comes to wandavision even though he's 
another version of himself, he still is, you know, the one that's questioning his reality and what are we doing here? And, right. and I think, and I think again, that's very central to his character is like looking at things like, like we've said, the state of humanity and, and what, where his place is and what, what, what does that mean to be human? So. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. No, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, I think, you know, perfectly said, honestly. Right. Um, but I, but I also thought, but the more I thought about the Avengers, the other character that I kept coming back to was Hawkeye. Okay. Explain. But still in comic version. Well, in comics, yeah, and in the movies, because again, I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's always something. It's you know, when we were talking about Unlimited, we said you know, Tommy mentioned Green Arrow, and I'm not saying you know that archers play this role, but the two of them have the similarity of like I'm a dude with a with a bow and some sticks, and I'm going to fight Darkseid, like, or I'm going right. to fight Ultron. This is what I, you know, and then there's that speech in, in in Age of Ultron where he makes a speech to Wanda about. You know, the city is flying. <laughs> None right. of this makes sense. But you got to, you know, you got to buck up and do your job, right? You know, you walk out that door, you're an Avenger. That whole thing, I, I think, is very central to that character. And I think in the comics, he's that way, where he's the guy that points out all the stuff that's wrong with whatever's going on, but at the same time, you know, grabs that, that, that bow and those sticks and goes out there and fights Graviton or, or whatever they're fighting, you know, without, I mean you know, has no hesitation, right? That's that guy. Like he's the, he's the guy that does that. And then even more so, I think in, you know, in like, say something like, um, Earth Mightiest Heroes, he does the same thing where they, like, I think it's one of the better versions of him where they just so like, he's fearless and like, no matter, like it could be him against a million Hydra agents. And he's like, let's do this. <laughs> and I think that's, I think for a character that is the most quote unquote, like, you know, human from like a, like a, like a plain you know, he doesn't have super soldier serum. He's not an armor. He's got no hammer. You know, it's just some carny with a bow and some sticks. <laughs> you know, that's something I thought something to be said of like, you know, that's the guy like getting back to unlimited. I know I'm switching a lot of gears, but that first episode when they introduced green arrow is like, no, I want to fight for the little guy. I don't think it's a good idea that I'm up in a satellite doing this. Like I'm a street level hero and I'm fine with doing this with you, but you know, we can't lose sight of who we're fighting for. And I think her, like, I think Hercules, I think Hawkeye is that guy as well. Mm. Cause he, you know, a lot of times he's also depicted as like being, you know, being, you know, really emotional and really hot headed, And like, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and dude, you know, that guy, you know, that guy cares like about what's going on. And I think that part of being the heart and soul is part of that too, is the idea that, you know, you know, you, you can't hide the fact that, you know, you give a damn, you know, when you're that guy or gal. I hadn't considered Hawkeye, but yeah, you've sold me. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what I thought. I just thought about it. I was like, yeah, they, I could see, you know, there's just too many times where he's just like, we're doing the wrong thing or we're not going the direction we should be. Or this is, you know, basically this is a bunch of crap, whatever the, whatever the situation is. And sometimes it's just him, you know, bitching about stuff. And sometimes he's right on. So mm-hmm. who else? Tommy Clifton. This is going to stay on Avengers, but shift a little more to movies. I think in MCU Avengers, it was honestly kind of more Black Widow. Yeah, a lot of the time, uh, to the point that her sacrifice in Endgame is mm-hmm. is where they're really heartbroken. Uh, all the rest of the characters, mm-hmm. but that she was the presence that's always there. She's the one that is trying to keep things together in that five year in the blip when everything is madness her and captain america mm-hmm. uh 
So I do, yeah, I think that in mm-hmm. the MCU version is kind of where they were going. Well, she has that great scene where she says the thing about, you know, and I find that I found this family, right? Right. And she, and she yeah. has a, you know, and, and Scarlett Johansson plays it really well, amazingly well, where she has that break in her voice where she's like, you know, it all, you know, you can see it all, like you said, the, the, the having to carry it all and have it weigh on her all that time when she's usually out there solo and doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that she's had to keep it together and she's, you know, in this situation is not where she ever thought she would be. Right. Yeah. And I guess, um, I wasn't really ready for her, but yeah, I guess also thinking about in civil war, like she's also kind of the only one that has a leg in either team yeah, in either side for a little while. Like she Mm -hmm. doesn't really like, if I had to say, I think that she was probably like, like mostly on Tony's team, but like she clearly, I don't think like came down hard on that side. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. You know, and and she's the one that basically, uh, uh, you know, sets it up for for Steve and Bucky to to get away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All good thoughts. Good observation. All right. Keep them coming. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to add Colson played that role initially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I thought of. No, that's a good one. Phase one. Phase one for sure. Yeah. And then. um. Spider-Man plays that role in Civil War, too. Um, not so, mm. no, I take that back. Not Civil War. Um, I don't say he plays it in the point of what we're used to, what we're describing, but from an audience perspective, in um Infinity War, when he goes, yeah. you think the air is left out of the room when people see him die. I mean, not to say that <laughs> people. I mean, not to say he does that for the team, but whenever mm-hmm. Spider-Man goes down, all hope is lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's on the team, I don't know. That's the that's the vibe I get from the character, at least when people watch him and stuff. Also, I I to argue, or at least I'm thinking about what do you I think about Captain America in that role? Because he fits the whole thing. He doesn't have a family. Mm-hmm. True. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's the moral compass. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I mean it. I mean I, I I definitely agree with you with um Hawkeye and um Black Widow. As far mm-hmm. as their arc and what they do and what they embody and how they get it done and what they grapple with. But Cap does it too, just a little bit more subtly. Like, you know, he's 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 you know, he's set apart, but he still has all those attributes and traits that make you want to think that it's him as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially now that he's gone, there's no real Avengers. You know, no one yeah. wants to um bring the group back together like when he was there. Mm-hmm. And even even when he Leaves by not signing the papers. The sword of splinter as a result of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got any outside of Marvel DC? I do. Okay. <laughs> Who you got? Ray Stance of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Good one. Sure. That's, yeah. That's oh, a terrific one. Yep. Yeah. You don't have that team without Ray. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, Ray's also the one that always seems to make the contact with with the supernatural stuff too. Yeah, another reason why he should be. Yeah, like like physically, like you know, from the the, the ghost that he has a dream about, which may or may not have been <laughs> an actual ghost, mm-hmm. to like to like uh, the bit with uh, uh, you know, what did you do, Ray? Right. Yeah. yeah. As well as well as he's the one that makes contact with um, Vigo. Vigo the Scourge, yeah, the Vigo, Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's that one too, right? 
Yeah. Well, he's the most excited to be on the team. Oh my gosh. I mean, you can you can see his relationship <laughs> with Egon. You can see his relationship with Vinkman, but Vinkman ain't hanging out with Egon. You know, it's it's right. He's the reason why they're together. And he's also so kid like when they're like, "We can stay here, sleep here tonight." Yes, <laughs> when he's, you know he's ex- yeah. you're right. He's most excited about the idea of like actually doing the job. Mm-hmm. You know, where Egon wants to collect uh, uh, fungi spores. It was spores and molds and molds. <laughs> and, yeah, and Peter just Peter just wants to look cool and try to get girls. Um, yeah, no. Ray's actually like there. Ray's like the actual guy there. With, with I agree with that. I'll go with that for sure. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I agree, agree totally. Yep, Raymond. Okay, another one on my list. Katara. Yep, she was on mine too. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, it's a good one. And even what I like about Katara is, for the most part, she isn't like she's the one that um gives um hope to Zuko and things of that nature. Even when she's fighting with Toph initially, she also gives ideas to Toph on how to better train Aang, despite that they butt heads. Right. But I I like I like uh, Katara mostly because when she falters, instead of the group breaking up, they fight to bolster her. Like the um, when she goes to find the killer of her mother, mm-hmm. they 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 try to keep her on the same moral commitment path. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone goes to boost you know boost her as opposed to she boosts other people if that makes any sense yeah yeah i, I like it because it's different because when she falters mm-hmm. the boy the void is filled from them as opposed to them saying all right whatever yeah. we're leaving you know that's an interesting dynamic for it too that like that she is kind of like the mom of the group and supportive and helpful and 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 the rock for what everybody else is going through. But when she has something, she, she's, she's like a runaway train. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. definitely. But I think what I think it's interesting about her being in the mom role is a lot of times she spends a lot of her time getting them ready for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, you watch, you watch the, the situations and stuff. A lot of times this stuff is, is she's preventative, which I always like about her character is the idea that, no, no, we have to watch out for what may come as opposed to, you know, but, but mm-hmm. she as a character reacts to the moment, which I think is interesting too. Um, you know, she's always telling them what they need to do before, kind of like before, like a kind of a warning before it happens, like you said, like the mom role. But once she decides to do something, she doesn't really like, she's, a you know, just like stand out, of, you got to get out of her way. Which I think is an interesting economy mm-hmm. for that character, but yeah, I, I could definitely see her as the heart of that team, sure. Yeah, I, I mean that's the what she's the one I feel like that team falls apart without her completely. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is, you know, you know she, is you know as much as she's the heart and the mom, a lot of times it's kind of <laughs> like, like uh, like you said, they fall apart. I feel like no one eats their vegetables when she's not there, <laughs> and no one really likes the fact that they have to eat their vegetables because she's right. there, but they will fall apart without yeah. her. Yeah, is what I always look at it. You want to hear one from left field? Always. Okay. Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. <laughs> really? Yes. How so? Okay. He loves he all jackass? of his fep. Oh, incredibly so. <laughs> yes. Yes. But here's the thing. Among his family, to keep them as a family, he has to be ever present. Hmm. He's the one that likes them all. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. You take him out, they <laughs> kill each other. Yeah, they kill each other when he's not around. Mm. Left field, I know. Because it's a tough one. Yeah, because you can't argue it. I mean, it doesn't look like it, 
But yeah. he spends time with each one, whether it's the dad, the sister, the little brother. Mm-hmm. He's there for it all. But all the rest of them hate each other's guts. Yeah, I guess I could see it. Yeah, you see it, right? Yeah. I mean, you see it, like, begrudgingly. I mean, <laughs> I don't right. like him. He's a, he's a jerk. Don't be wrong. But right. still, however, within his family, within his family, yeah, he's the one that's sending the invitations to Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but on the lighter note I just I just threw that out there just to make you think on a lighter yeah, note no. I was gonna say Kermit the Frog from the Muppets <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, that I couldn't argue that one you don't think it's Kermit you think who on the on the Muppets Kermit no no I'm saying, I'm saying I can't argue that one oh, okay no okay. I can't but he's also the I'm leader not... so yeah, yeah, there's well, a little bit of a yeah of double play there Oh, definitely. It's it's a rare case of the leader and the heart. You rarely get that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right. Um, but when, when so Muppets Three is all about like what do they do without him? Yeah, <laughs> it's what yeah. the whole movie's about. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they feel lost without him. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's weird because it's not like he leads them anywhere. He just keeps them together for projects. You know, <laughs> well, they got to put on a show. They got to put on right. a show. Yeah. <laughs> they got to take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. I used to think he was Fozzie, but no, Fozzie's just a lovable comic. It's Kermit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always Kermit. I love Kermit. Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, come on. <laughs> huh. Who? I'm curious. I think there's two. I think there's War. two. Okay. I say not it's Data. War. It's Data. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I know it's not Warwick. <laughs> Go ahead. Data. Data is one of my two. I believe so. Yeah, what's one the of other one? Too. What's the other one? My other one is is Picard, who's again like he's like the Kermit. He's the leader as well. Yeah. He's also the oh, heart. really? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I had Data. Well, I I had him just because like he's the exploration of that state of humanity stuff that we were talking about right. with, with well, Sean yeah. and Vision. Um, for sure. But it was funny because it's like every time we've done one of these episodes, we brought up Star Trek and like Data was on the list. He's a very versatile character. <laughs> yes, it's he amazing is. to yeah. me how he he he's he's everybody. The only thing he yeah. isn't is the team leader. Yeah. Right. Right. Comic relief. Check. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heart and soul. Check. Muscle. Check. Uh, Brains. Tech. <laughs> intelligent. Genius. Check. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's basically for what Star Trek is. His character is the metaphor of it. Like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's seek out new life, explore new worlds. Mm-hmm. It's he's 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 basically the embodiment of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But you say Picard as your as the second one. Yes. Okay. He's definitely the, I mean, he's the moral center of the Enterprise in in Next Generation, and to the point where again, like like it comes up of what do you do when you don't have him? And it's the, the Borg storyline, which is even mm-hmm. worse because he turns against them. Mm-hmm. And right, then it's right. like, what do we do when what we thought of was the center of all of us is now out to kill us or assimilate us, not kill right. is out to assimilate us. So I see it for both of them. And there's, there's episodes where they don't know what to do without data too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, there's also evil data, which is like Lord. everything that's yeah. good about this yeah. about this thing that's now working against them in the form of of his brother Lore. Mm-hmm. So those are the two I say. But yeah, definitely data. 
Okay. Which is ironic though, which I will say is ironic because like Vision doesn't actually have a heart or a soul, arguably. <laughs> right. Yeah. There are episodes right. about that too. Right. <laughs> yes. But I had Deanna Troy as this as as okay. as one also. Why do you say mm-hmm. Deanna? Okay. What makes what makes you feel her? Well, just because like because th- there's there's a little bit of 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 philosopher and and almost therapist that I think falls into this into those roles a lot too. You right. know. Okay. And and she's definitely the one when there's an issue she talks to them, you know? Right. She tries to work no, them right. work them through yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're with you on that one. Yeah. Hmm. Zach, I'm surprised you didn't mention Michelangelo. <laughs> I didn't. You know, um, Turtles was uh, was kind of a tough one to crack a little bit. You know? How so? Um, just, I mean, like what Clifton was saying, I mean, there's there's bits where, where Raph goes away and the team sort of like, what's going on here? How do we continue? Right. And the same with Leonardo. Also, right there's there's kind of it's in a weird way. I think that the heart and soul can kind of almost be all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. I can see that. In the film, in the ninety film, uh, who's the one that's incapacitated that's taken out? Is that Raph? Raph? That's right. Yeah. But that's yeah. different in the comic, right? It's it's yeah. Leo in the in comic, the it's Leo. Okay. Because yeah. I definitely feel like that is. Either one, in whichever case, is the one that they're they're telling us is the heart, because mm-hmm. that's what that beat in the film and, and in this comic story are about, is that they feel demoralized, especially so, not just because right. one of them was taken out, but but particularly that one, right? Yeah, and it does it it, it kind of uh, the subtext sort of uh, reads a little different depending on what character it is. Because Leo is a little bit like our leader's gone. We're aimless. Like what's go like, right? Like mm-hmm. the authority figure's gone. Like how do we continue? Right. This is the guy that kind of kept us together. But Raph, it's a little bit of of like, yeah, he's a jerk, <laughs> right? And he put and he and he, and he can make us all angry, right? For sure. But like, but he's family. He's us, and and we're undoubtedly like incomplete without him. Yeah. Right. But I would say this, though. I think Mikey, I think if something were to happen to Mikey, that might be the one that hits the audience hardest. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. He's so happy. He's so happy. Yeah. Lucky. yeah he's it's, so uh, happy. He's, he's, he's the most childlike. To me, it's like Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, say what you will, but you kill Spider-Man or take him off the board. It's that same audience feeling. I think the audience tunes out or thinks it's the worst case scenario at that point, you know? Okay. It's like the end of the world. So I have a couple other teams and I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Okay. Who you guys think for some of them, you want, you want to play this game for, for, for a minute? Um, sure. Go for it. Teen Titans. Which incarnation? <laughs> uh, you tell me, I, I, I leave that up to you because yeah, I mean, it, it, it may be different depending on the roster, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. if you're talking about the first animated series, Starfire. Mm-hmm. Because okay. there's, there's a particular episode in which she's gone. What really happens, she shunts it into the future. Yeah, it's a good one. She, yeah, and she <laughs> sees that they splinter because she's not there. Right. So I would say in that incarnation, if you're talking about the comics, 
Mm-hmm. I'd argue to say whoever Robin is or Nightwing mm-hmm. because they usually have a Robin bring them together. Is that what would you say about comics, uh, Frank, as far as that's concerned? Um. Well, I mean, in the the the, the Wolfman Perez, it's uh, it's Robin somewhat, and but it's also remember Raven's manipulating them because she's you know. She totally like uh, empaths <laughs> Wally to join because Wally's kind of like, eh, yeah. I'm good, and then and he, you know, he shows up there. Um, I yeah, I mean, I, but otherwise, it's you know, it is a lot of time. It is uh, Dick Grayson or the Robin basically pulling them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I also when I was thinking about it, I from the comics, I would say um, I would go with Beast Boy in the comics because while well, he is the comic relief, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of like guys we got to do this or guys we can do this to his character. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of like his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the fact that he's he knows what it's like to have a family of of, of team, you know, a team superhero family, like, and then mm-hmm. watch it all go away. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, you know they, the 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 original Doom Patrol. You know he's got surrogate parents and Steve Dayton and and Rita Farr, and they go out. You know one day and they die. You know well Steve Dayton doesn't die, but the Doom Patrol dies on it, right? And they never come back. Yeah, and he knows what, the, right. the, what all that costs and what that, you know, and he still is like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. Hey, I want to be here. Um, and knows that importance as well. But I think also there's just the fact that he believes in what they're doing. Like you never, him, like he may get like after like terror or something like that, he may be dejected. Or he may, you know, not want to be a part of things, but at the same time, there's never really a moment of like, I can't, I'm not coming back for this. Mm-hmm. So that's who I, I mean, for that team in particular, that's who I would go with. Right. Okay. And for Titans, the show, that's on HBO Max for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have to add that caveat to anything about sure, HBO Max of, for now. Of course. But uh, on Titans, I, I agree. I think it's also Beast Boy in Titans for very similar uh, for very similar reasons. Okay. But yeah, I think that does carry over to that version as well. Mm. Okay. He was on my list too, but this was admittedly the toughest one to crack a little bit. Um, What's interesting, Tommy, is that is that for Teen Titans Go, the other cartoon, mm-hmm. I think it's Cyborg. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like because, he appears to yes, be the one yes, yes. that is most holding the team together. Especially right? when you get those um was it the the light begin was it was what's those the ones with the music? The light uh the light begins to shine? Yes. Every yeah. time on those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those those are those are way cyborg episodes for sure. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But I had Raven on my list too for some reason. I couldn't shake Raven, and Raven was a bit different for me because a caveat to how I thought about it was like was, was they know who they are, and Raven I think is an interesting kind of play on that because she absolutely knows what she is and who she is. But it's almost like the rest of the team going like, no, 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 there's more to you than this. Like, you're not this thing that 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 you you fear you are. Right. Yeah. Kind of like your destined to be thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, old, the, yeah. the, the daughter of the devil, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, she's the reason why yeah. they come together anyway. So I, right. so I, I feel that that's a struggle towards her characterization, even in um, Titans, the show. They see still the focal point as to why they're together, why they're drawn back together, so to speak. 
Right. Mm-hmm. What about the X-Men? That one's tricky. Cause I mean, there's, there's so many X-Men. Yeah. Over yeah. The years. <laughs> yeah. There's so, so many of them. Yes. I can think of a couple for sure that would jump out to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do one. I'll do one at a time. Okay. So we can, can talk about them. I mean, the first one jumps out at me is Colossus. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yes. He's just the steadfast mm-hmm. center for all yeah. of them through a lot of the, you know, the, the giant size, the uncanny X-Men era mm-hmm. that just is the stable, like rock of the team center. Um, yeah. He's sympathetic. He's kind. He's the one they can all talk to. He's the one that yep. supports them all, that cheers for them all. He's, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a sensitive artist. Yeah. That, yeah, there's all that too. And then I always liked about old Pete. <laughs> Petey Pure. And the other thing is that he also, remember that he gets that nickname from Logan where he's, or Wolverine where he's calling him Petey Pureheart, right? Because he, <laughs> yeah. everything, yeah. everything affects Colossus for the longest time, which isn't a bad thing. It's just right. one of the things where he, he processes so much of what they go through in ways the others don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He feels so much. And that's the thing about him is like, he's this big metal thing, you know, visually, but emotionally he processes so much for that team. Yeah. Anybody else? For the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, depending on the era, it'd be Kitty. Yeah. Okay. Um, Me too. I had Kitty too. But I wasn't sure why. So why do you have Kitty? Like... To me, it's the whole in space situation where she goes against the um, what's the name of that group, Frank? That playoff of aliens. Which one, the Brood? Yeah, the Brood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's the last person standing. She sort of rallies a team, so to speak. In that incarnation, you always get the sense too when she's introduced to it. She's that sense of innocence that you know that when she's introduced. I, I guess that's the case. But I'm also thinking Excalibur, really. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. right. I think with Kitty, it's interesting because Kitty's one of those rare instances where you see, like, from beginning to like actually joining the school, the whole process of like where they go and meet the parents, and you know they have the in-home visit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, before the placement strange. of their student. Yeah, right. you know, we don't always get that in X Men. Like, we get a moment of like, oh, I'm, you know, a person, you know, a mutants on the run from sentinels or another team trying to take them or another group trying to kill them and then they find solace or or, or sanctuary with xavier's you know mansion or, or the or the, the x-men but kitty it was like you know she's treated like a student right. yeah weirdly you enough know, <laughs> you know yeah. that focal point of that that entry level character for x-men and i think the other thing is just the like you know especially when you had the that all new all different group or, or giant size x-men group you had you know she was the first i'm trying to think they had, you know, me- you know, members came and went, but they were also people that were established characters. Right. And I think Kitty is just that, that, that hits that tone of like a lot of the entry fo- or entry point for a lot of people into that book right after it was at its height. I know that was that way for me because I read all that stuff and I was like, oh, well, they're choosing a new member, you know, and for a while she's Ariel and Sprite, <laughs> you know, they can't come up with a name for her. And has terrible costumes. Right. Yeah. That that one fifty costume where she's wearing the roller skates is yes, jeez, you know. <laughs> so let me throw this one out there for you guys. Uh, what about Jean? Hmm, she can be. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure she, she definitely has been at times. Uh-huh. Yeah, depends on the roster, I believe. Yeah, like you stack it with like, like when you get um, Jim Lee's X Men, um, it doesn't feel that way. 
Um, I'd argue to say that who in that roster, who would you think would be? And then the Jim Lee stuff? Yeah. Um, like blue and gold teams. Or blue and yellow teams. Jubilee. <laughs> I think mean, Jubilee you is the is the kitty pride of that era. She's the, yeah, she the entry level we see yeah. from ground up. Uh, yeah. So she does serve that purpose uh, uh, similar to Kitty Pride in the Uncanny in the all new, all different yeah. era. Rogue, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I want to say Rogue, but I don't know feeling it. But I'll say in the first the first five, definitely Jen Gray. Up until mm-hmm. I'll even argue to say up until when she becomes the Phoenix for, Force and leaves, mm-hmm. it feels that she's that as well. Um right. But throughout, it just shifts to different people. Like for some reason, I want to say Nightcrawler, but yeah, Nightcrawler was yeah. one of mine. He was my other one. Yeah, me too. besides oh, Colossus. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Yep, I can see that. I had him. I had Beast also. Yeah. For some reason, Beast I yeah. think is of the the first five. I think it's Beast. Yeah. Mm. But Beast, I, I to me, he goes through a shift after Age of Apocalypse. Everybody wants to make him subtly evil yeah. after Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> Which I don't like, <laughs> no. being that he also ended up as an Avenger. I thought it'd be stronger character, not less characterization. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's just to justify the name instead of his code name being like Teddy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is closer to his personality. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll start running off some of the last ones we have. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is. dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you want to submit a topic, hit us up in the comments, Twitter, or email us at info at letmenowhowitis.com. All right. So, who else do you guys have? I was going to say Groot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially, yeah. the, especially in that first, that first movie. Right. And now he has his own series, so mm-hmm. there you have it for that. It's a man of few words. Extremely. <laughs> um, Frank, I was you. You made me think of Star Girl. Oh yeah, for the jazz set. Yeah, when she when they when they make her character, it's I don't know. She just fits in well. She's you know in in the uh, show incarnation as well as the book. You know, sure. Yeah. No, I can see that. I want to say it was J- J- was it Jaheem Thunder? Jaheem. Jaheem. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the title mostly fits Stargirl. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have um, Sheriff Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. 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 In which the franchise breaks apart when he leaves. I mean, there's another say of that. Um, from Angel, I have Cordelia and Fred. Okay. Um, I think that was it. I think everything else I, I brought up at one point or another. No one from Gargoyles. Mm. That's we. Uh, it's a. I think it's a Lisa Maza. Yeah, I do too. Mm. <laughs> or yeah. Broadway. Or Broadway. Or Broadway. Yeah. 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 I can see Broadway too. Yeah. What about the Fantastic Four? That one's weird. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's not easy. Right. Not an easy choice. No. I. I didn't think. I mean, because I no. my. My knee jerk is Ben. My knee jerk yeah, reaction that's is mine Ben. As well. Yeah, so yeah, mine. but but I but, also say Sue. True, I say Sue <laughs> more than Ben because Ben has left. 
and we still had a team. You know? Mm, yeah. Okay. Ben, yeah, She Hulk. Right. Right. That's all. But I feel I get the Turtles vibe from um, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being that they 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 kind of switch that role depending on what happens and what they go through, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick one, I'd say Sue because I've never seen the team function without her in a way. Not Johnny. <laughs> no, not Johnny. <laughs> and Definitely Reed Johnny. gets and Reed does evil things, so there's that for the moral <laughs> compass. Yeah, they keep that's right. another one. They keep making evil to make evil. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was one I was like, ah, my like I said, my if I had a you know gun to my head, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Ben. But again, right. Sue makes a strong argument. So yeah, I mean Ben is the easiest one to have sympathy or empathy for, uh, sure. just because of oh, the yeah. nature yeah. of his character, the nature of his situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it does it does draw that. Again, for being you know for being the the big the big tough guy, he does deal with a lot of emotion. There's a lot yeah. of emotion tied up in that character. So yeah. Oh, I forgot the, big, the biggest person on my list. Mm-hmm. Steven Universe. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing but heart. Nothing but. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Steven. Yeah. I think everybody can be it sort of momentarily, but he's absolutely the like the the most uh, consistent one throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Tommy, I got one for you. I'm just curious what you, what would you say. Go ahead. Who's the heart in Parks and Rec? Ooh, that's extremely hard. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> that was what I was like. I was just thinking about shows. I was like, yeah, Parks and Rec's a really tough one. Yeah. Ooh. If I had to pick, <laughs> right? it's Andy. Okay. Just because Andy's like a child. He is, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Most everyone definitely. Else, yeah, everyone else has ulterior motive and can be downright evil mm-hmm. or just self-aggrandizing. But mm-hmm. Andy, eh, yeah, he's he's the one that they that is lovable. Andy's always lovable. No well, Andy, Andy has no guile. Yes. No, yeah. not even remotely. Even when but when he does it's childlike. He like does it for candy or for uh <laughs> right, <you know>. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Guile is totally it from Street Fighter. <laughs> I've not seen much Parks and Rec. Is is Andy Chris Pratt? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. He has no guy. He has no ulterior motive for uh or just he yeah, he's he's not malicious when he does stuff. Everyone else has a level of maliciousness when they do stuff. Right. Like they they have an underlining thing that they want to do, but not Andy. Andy yeah. is like damn near one dimensional. It's <laughs> not even two right. dimensional. He's one dimensional. I'd argue Leslie, but at the same time it's Andy. I think it's Andy. Ooh. It's Andy or Jerry, Gary, or Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that's what ends up making him the mayor. Right. What about yeah. uh, I got I got one more. What about community? Who's the heart? Troy. Hurt? Troy. You think so? <laughs> Man, when he when he physically leaves the show, it's almost rudderless. You don't know where to go with it. Just because, remember when he's about to leave, it centers on him. Like mm-hmm. every, it, it's different when Abed is sad because it it, it it's you see it, but it mm-hmm. doesn't take the same weight as when Troy is sad. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. Everybody else is just mean when they want to be because. Definitely not Andy. Andy's just, woo. yeah. Andy can be a sociopath. Yeah, definitely. 
But yeah, Troy. I don't know who's who takes his place when he leaves. Right. Because it just gets weird. But again, he's all he's he's also childlike too. Oh, extremely so. Yeah. 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 Like especially when remember when he turns at uh, twenty one? Oh yeah. Yeah. One, fa- <laughs> one of my one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. Yeah. yeah. It has to be Troy. Okay. Firefly. For you, Frank. Um that's a to me that's a tricky one in a different way. I thought you were saying Firefly is it in Cobra. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, he's the heart and soul of Cobra. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Lovable saboteur. Um, yeah. <laughs> he'd be yeah. devastated without him. Yeah, oh, exactly. Indeed. He's he's the impish. He, he'll blow. I know. Blow, I am. He'll blow up your heart. That's what yeah. he'll do. He'll just blow up your heart. Um. Uh, Firefly. I would have to go with. Hmm. I I think I have an idea what I who I think. But the movie makes me rethink it. It's Wash. It could be Wash. It could be. But, but I think it's I, Ka- get, I think it's I think it's Kaylee. I think it's Kaylee too. I think it's I Kaylee. almost get that feeling, but the movie took it off the table for me. Mm, okay. Because uh-huh. they mourn his passing. But, yeah. But it they still keep flying. No, they show on. They move mm-hmm. on. Yep. But yeah, Kaylee I have to go with. I think there's a reason why she's in the engine room. Yes. Ah, yeah. I, ah. Nice. Very yeah. subtle. Yeah. That's that's why I think she's in the engine rooms because she's the one who helps it go. I agree. So I agree. I thought somebody was gonna ask me who is it in the Batman family. So I'll ask you guys. Batman <laughs> family. <laughs> Who's the heart and soul? Yeah. Uh, I, I think well, I, to I, me, I I think I know. Go ahead. I was gonna say Alfred. Yeah. That was my choice too. Yeah. <laughs> that was my yeah. choice too. Yeah. Runner ups are uh Tim. Oh yeah, and depending how uh, Dick feels, <laughs> to be uh-huh. honest, right? Yeah. yeah, depending on whether or not Dick is the leader or mm-hmm. not, or not. Yes, I think I think him. Like if I can't say Alfred, it's like sometimes Dick. But you're right with Tim. Tim is definitely like, especially in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, he brings Bruce back, so <laughs> yeah. so there's that. Yeah. How about the Superman family? Hmm. I mean that's a weird question. I don't think there's any real answer. I think if you bear the if you bear the S on your chest, you automatically have heart, but that's a whole other argument. Probably. Bibbo. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I will concur. Yeah. 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 Crypto. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, Superman family's tough. I gotta say Superman. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? See? <laughs> See? It's weirdly tough. Yeah, I'd go Superman as well. Because, again, it's one of those things where no matter what, he's the one that's holding it all together. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I said most of the DC universe. You take him off the table, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the reason why that whole, you know, evil Superman, you know, they know there's something wrong if he's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Any last ones you want to get off your chest before we sign off? How about the Thundercats? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Not- not a character driving stories. <laughs> Just like, hmm. Hmm. I say Snarf. Yeah, probably. He's always one. You sure lying, though? <laughs> <laughs> he's annoying, but he's he's good hearted. Yeah. <laughs> snarf it is. Yep. There you go. Well, let's say, yeah, there let's say that on Snarf. There we go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> let's say on Snarf. Sure. All right. 
So that was Heart and Soul Characters. As always, we'll post LinkedIn examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next week. 